0: Welcome back to Bard Talk. I'm your host, Josh. We're in Season 2, and we're already on to Episode 3. This this year's getting off uh, quite quite quick. Um, I'm going to re- repeat, in case anybody has uh, like lost track or whatever. I have a new logo. I have a website. The podcast is growing. Um, again, I doled out some of my own cash. I still haven't quite figured out... Um, what I want to go about monetizing this. I really don't want to interrupt the good conversations that we have with an advertisement. Um, but with that being said, the only other avenues that I may have is a Patreon or GoFundMe or some type of public forum. So, uh, I want to know from you, I want to know, I really am asking you, please uh, reach out to me on my socials, uh, on Twitter at Cap and JDP, on Instagram at Josh Depp, uh, on Snapchat. Uh, you can get my Snapchat username from my website. If you go to www.bardtalkpodcast.com, uh, you can go see all of my social medias, reach out to me, find me, get in contact with me, however you will. And let me know uh, what you think. What would be a good idea in your eyes? Would, would having a Patreon um, where I gave you maybe early access to the podcast or, or access to some other stuff that I may be thinking about, shorts, uh, musics, recordings, um, I could give a little bit of bonus stuff on that. Um, the, and then the other avenue, of course, is I could just get sponsorship. I could read commercials. So give me your thoughts. Uh, I know I don't have the, the biggest audience, but um, I, I need to move into a way of supporting this podcast um, and the things I have set up. Obviously, owning a domain isn't free. Uh, hosting a website isn't free. Uh, I could sell shirts, I could sell mugs, pins, um, I actually own this logo, so this new logo is something that was created for me, I own the rights to it, um, and I can do with it uh, whatever I see fit, uh, it's, it's my copyright, so Bard Talk Podcast is now copyright, which I guess is pretty cool, right, like, yay me. Um, Alright, enough of that, uh, this is going to be part two of No Excuses. Uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to part one, go back to the episode prior to this where I talk about the breach of the Capitol and the things that went on, and um, today I'm going to get into part two, and I'm going to get into the accusation that the election was stolen and what that means. Um, so, in continuing from where I left off last week, when you present an argument when you, when you have an accusation, when you have a charge brought forth, there is a burden of proof. That burden of proof is directly the responsibility of the person who sets forth the argument, the person who has something to say. If I say, you stole my, my beer, I need to provide the audience proof of that, that theft, it is not the other way around. It is not, oh, I, I am accusing you of stealing my dog, good sir. Please present forth your evidence that you did not. They're under no, no obligation. So this this idiot group of people that stormed the Capitol felt that the election was stolen from them. And and the their leader, um, former President Trump, was the the insider he's the one that brought forth the accusation now in his instance he brought forth the accusation that the election was stolen and he actually has powers to set forth and investigate it he he is the executive branch of the united states of america and to him is the disposal of all investigative needs so of course the fbi Um, Congress sent uh, an internal investigation. They requisitioned and questioned the states and their election processes. And they had people, task forces, specifically set on finding fraud. And in most cases, they found fraud in favor of Trump. They found people who readily admitted that they voted for their mother or they voted for a deceased member of their family in favor of Trump. Now, I can understand a little bit why these people felt this way. Because of corona, because of the pandemic that was going on, it was put out there very early by many media sources and election officials that you should vote early, and you should vote via mail-in ballot. Mail-in ballots have been a legal way to vote in the United States of America since voting happened. Um, In fact, the very first election involved vote-in ballots, and New York... Didn't get their ballots to the election on time. And George Washington won the presidency. Not to say that he wouldn't have, you know, as a, as a result of the votes, uh, but New York's pretty close to Massachusetts. And who knows? Maybe John Adams would sort have of won. I doubt it. I, I, I don't. Uh, George Washington in no way won by a landslide, as is often portrayed, but he won with a margin comfortable enough to seat him as president number one. The mail-in ballots had been received weeks in advance of the election, weeks. And many of the states said, hey, we know that there's going to be a surge of these type of things. We know that these ballots take a lot longer to count than an electronic ballot would is there a chance that we can start counting these first and unanimously across the board the federal government denied the state's abilities to count the mail-in ballots so what happened what happened was on election night nobody knew what happened nobody knew who won because there simply wasn't enough staff there wasn't the ability to hand count mail-in ballots in the amount that they came in So they did the easy thing. They counted the electronic ballots. They counted the ballots of everybody that physically went out and voted in person at a polling station. Now, there was a lot of talk about how secure is a mail-in ballot, how secure is an electronic ballot. Was there any ballot fraud? Were any of the systems hacked? Did Russia have any control? Did Ukraine have any control? Did Venezuela have any control? I mean, there were uh, theories abound. I think that if you trust your bank to display your bank records on their websites, on your mobile phone, there's no reason to believe that we wouldn't do everything that we could to secure these electronic ballots. We have no other choice. Either you vote in person or you mail it in. If you don't believe in the integrity of the U.S. postal system, if you don't believe in the integrity of the ballot system, don't vote. There's, there's nothing uh, short of running for Congress yourself and developing another method. These are the tools we have available for us to do this. Could it be done a lot better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there are countries that make voting day... A national holiday and they force businesses to close and they give everybody off and it gives everybody the access to the ballots to vote I think in Australia you are compelled to vote it's like the law you will get fined or worse if you don't vote in the elections in America you're free not to vote if you don't believe in the integrity of the system you don't have to participate in this system um, we have mail-in ballots for soldiers we've had mail-in ballots for people who work overseas there's been mail-in ballots since the inception of the election it is a tried and true system that works these ballots are counted by hand with people from both parties watching the count they're about as secure as you could but because the states were not allowed to count the mail-in ballots they counted the electronic ballots first now I'm not trying to typecast. I'm not trying to portray anybody in any negative light. I say this only as an observation that I have within my small circles of existence. And I find that your average person who thinks that the flu or the, the coronavirus isn't deadly is a hoax. Um, that masks don't work, um, that social distancing doesn't work, that the effects of of corona are no worse than that of the average flu, and that this shouldn't have been a pandemic brought forth to this level, are the type of people that supported Trump. And I do believe that those people are more likely to wait and vote in person via electronic ballot. It's just an observation I have. I am willing to admit that I'm wrong. It is what it is. That being said, the data certainly bears that out because as the election night started and people started counting votes, they started counting the in-person electronic ballots first. And at the completion of most of those in-person electronic ballots, we saw that President Trump had a commanding lead. He never, ever hit the number 270 which is the required number to attain in order to be elected president he never even got close that said and that said is a big that said more people turned out to vote for trump than had turned out in any election previously never before did we see that number of people turn out to vote for a candidate Which makes the next claim even more astounding, because as they began counting the mail-in ballots, Biden, who was not ever really too far behind, never in any serious danger of losing the election, all of a sudden started catching up. The people who wanted better leadership during the pandemic people who wanted a president to set the tone for the American healthcare and the American health, people who believed in the lethality of the virus, the, the that social distancing and wearing masks worked and that sanitizing services was important. Those people, whom in my small circles would be more likely to vote for Biden, mailed in their ballots. And as the mail-in ballots began to be counted, we saw the tipping point. So, what, I want to, what I'm trying to get across in this whole thing is that they did the election backwards. Had they had allowed the states to count all of the mail-in ballots that were already there, Biden would have had a very strong command and lead of the election right out of the gates. Then they could have counted the, the remaining mail-in ballots that came in, and then they could have counted the electronic ballots. And had they had done it in the order that votes were received, starting at the beginning and working their way to the last votes received, at no point would it have appeared that Trump was in lead or that Trump was anywhere close to winning the election. It would have been a Biden sweep, it would have been a Democratic sweep from the gate, and there could have been no question as to who won the the election. But because they did what they did, it did provide some evidence for some people to say, hey, it looks like the election was stolen. This looks wrong. And nowhere did they go back and Explain this to the American people. No news network, no matter which way it leaned, did they say, Hey, listen, this is what happened. This is how it should have played out. This is how the federal government made it play out. And this is why it appeared the way it did. Um... I understand that if it bleeds, it leads. And I know that this election cycle was one of the most covered election cycles in American history. And that the news networks were a never-ending 24-hour news cycles about it. And I understand that they were trying to sell uh, views to advertisers to collect revenue. That's the name of the game. I'm not, I'm not looking down or harping on anybody. I'm just stating the way things went. It happened. Um, and these people were given a very false sense that the election was stolen. Now, when the president came out, the, the former president came out and reiterated that the election was stolen and that this was a farce, um, you have to understand that the people, his base, the people that listen to him are, are fueled by that. You know, if this if if anything that he said had validity, if it was true that the election was stolen from him, these people would own every right to be upset. And if you if you further if you further expound onto what his base believes, if you look more so into the QAnon misinformation, if you look into these other things, these people Feel very strongly that what they're doing is for the betterment of the country. Um, I read, I read an article that was about the the pedophile gate corruption within Washington D.C. and how President Trump was fighting. Uh, a democratic majority that were largely pedophiles and that these there was you know pizzagate and proof that hillary clinton and donna brazil were all involved in these pedophile rings and human trafficking and i'm not saying that i believe any of this stuff what i am saying is that if i had the inclination that members of the government were involved in a pedophile ring and that me going down to the Capitol and, and foisting the man that I felt the election was stolen from to shut down these pedophile rings, I, I would feel strongly about that. I would have opinions. I would be emotionally charged. I'd be willing to do reckless things to correct that. Um, one of the other things that people really truly do believe is that Trump was a candidate of the people for the people. He wasn't a career politician. He was a person who was a business leader in their eyes. In their eyes, people. Don't don't come at me with your pitchforks just yet. In their eyes, he was a successful business leader and that he was looking out for middle America. There was some evidence to suggest that the tariffs have helped create jobs, that the tariffs were good for the U.S. economy. I don't think anybody can look around right now and say that economically this country isn't thriving. And if you, if you do believe that that is the result of tariffs and that is the result of a hardened, more exclusionary, broad po- policy, global policy, then you're inclined to believe that if this man gets out of office, that the very jobs that you got back are going to be stripped from you. You can argue all you want. But there is a part of the Rust Belt that now has working steel mills because of the tariffs Trump put on foreign steel. There are coal mines that open back up. There are coal plants that are running because Trump's belief in their system. Belief in adding tariffs to foreign fuels. Belief in making coal affordable and the premier premier use for, for energy extraction. Um, There is some validity to all this There's some validity to these people that are working on construction sites and seeing construction abound because these towns that were shut down When the industry went away the industry came back and started booming and now they're buying houses and and they're constructing office buildings and Everybody that are in these trade jobs are seeing the benefits of this. They're seeing the fruits of this labor Uh, If if your life depended on a steel mill in Indiana to run for you to thrive, and the man that that you believe made that steel mill start back up, you would do anything to keep him in office you would be reckless. You would do whatever it took because at the end of the day, your life is forfeitable for your family to survive and thrive and do well. And at the the core of it, that's what these people were fighting for. They were fighting for this corruption, this injustice that they had seen. and, And their candidate had brought back an economic policy that they felt benefited them. Never mind that he was a blatant racist. Maybe they shared those views too. Um, never mind that, you know, he, he never took this pandemic seriously until it was far too late. Never mind all of the snafus of things that he said, Proud Boys. And, and, and of course, the Proud Boys were one of the people involved in this whole thing. I'm not providing or offering excuses for what these people did. What I'm trying to do is get into the mind the thought process the thinking behind the the rationale behind what would lead somebody to do this and and i i'll be honest with you i don't i don't understand all of it i can i can i can grasp wanting your way of life and at the heart of conservatism that might as well be the slogan I don't want to lose my way of life. There is a thought process in America that, and again, remove the excuses, um, remove the way you think about, about, about these issues a little bit. And the Native Americans were cannibalistic savages who were stuck in the Stone Age and lost this country fair and square to... The European colonizers, who had arms, who had technology, um, who overthrew them, took this land. This land was supposed to be for white, Anglo-Saxon Europeans, not for Hispanics, um, Islanders, Africans... um, People from South America or Mexico, this, this country was for white European Americans and their way of life is, is baseball and hot rods and white picket fences and ownerships and factory jobs. And how dare you threaten this? How dare you threaten this way of life with your Spanish speaking and your yourbonics and your hip hop and your do rags and oh you want to be treated how you know what what how much more equal can we treat you we're doing the best we can there is a lack of education there's a lack of education on exactly what happened there's a lack of education as is to how these people attain things when you talk about disparity in classes due to economic issues some people pip up people on the conservative side certainly do not their thought process is you can always pull yourself up from your bootstraps that's what makes this country the greatest country that ever was, is it escaped a European model of monarchy, of being born of blood blessed by the God himself, and, and it gives you the opportunity to work hard and earn a way of life that is hospitable. You know, I don't think most, most conservatives don't wake up and think, oh, I want to be a millionaire today. Like They want to have their needs met. They want to have a house. They want to have a few kids. They want to watch football. They they just want to live comfortably and be able to order appetizers at the Applebee's without checking their bank account first. These very baser set of things is the model of happiness for the average uh, white conservative. Uh, and and you know what? Let me remove that qualify that white qualifier. I think you're average conservative. There are people. And I'm certainly like this, who are overthinkers, who like to think about other things, who like to think about other baser needs, who like to look at the fact that not everybody was given an equitable chance at life. Not everybody was given the ability to own a home. People who read books and understand that there, was, there, were, there were literal travel gui- guides published for certain people because if they were caught in a town after the sun went down, they would be lynched. This isn't information that they've ever accessed or acknowledge or choose to accept. This is information foreign to them. So, you know, they don't think about that kind of stuff. They hear the, the far opposition arguments to what they are. They hear, you know, standardized government health care. They look at the NHS model and they think, wow, that's, that's a nightmare. That Waiting to go see a doctor for months on time, uh, being conscripted into the NHS, having your profession taken over and being told what you will be allowed to make and not your earning potential based off of your specialty. They hear these kind of things and it terrifies them. They, they don't want that model. They fully accept their European descent. Uh, against the monarchy and they don't ever want to see it back and they see forms of socialism and and full government control as a completely um, un-american thing it's these are terms that are, are morally offensive to them and and frankly they don't they don't they don't want that and they're willing to storm the Capitol. And there were some horrifically heinous things said. There was a noose set up. They were talking about lynching senators. There were names that were dropped. There were things that were stolen out of a goof. And some of them, again, frankly, quite funny. The guy who dressed up in buffalo horns and and, and I mean, he was ripped and he had face paint on. And if you don't laugh at that photo just a little bit, you're probably a little more uptight than I am because I still think it's funny. The guy walking out with the speaker of the house podium was kind of funny. Like, this was some clownery on, on, on the mild ends of it. And then on the, the upper ends of it, it was tragic. Somebody lost their life. An Air Force veteran lost her life because she believed she was fighting against radical pedophiles at the federal level. And that the person who lost the election was fighting these pedophiles and he was taken down and the votes were corrupted, that his seat of office was stolen from him, that there was no legitimacy in his, in his loss. I mean, duality, the duality of what went on. Um, One of the things that I found uh, incredulous when I was listening to the broadcast of this thing is that if you listened and closed your eyes. They painted a a white mob. They painted a, a white insurrectionist group, and that wasn't the case. There was people of all color at this this uh, dissidence, this rally, this this storming, this this insurrection. There were people of every background: Latinos, um, Hispanics, Asian people people of color there was old people they said the average age of the person who stormed the capital was was in their 40s so that means average that means there were people who were 20 and there were people who were 60 i mean this is a very broad spectrum mob this wasn't a monolithic mob this was a very you know honestly like diverse mob that went in um was there a super majority of white people i mean you know what probably for looking at the pictures probably honestly but there wasn't just white people and that you know when, when you have these conversations about conservatism, conservatism isn't just white. Conservatism isn't just European descent. Conservatism is holding on to the ideals that the way things were is the best way that they ever will be. And there's no room for talking about modernization. There's no room. When you tell people that Jefferson said that he didn't think that they had any right to dictate life to the next generation, they they can't fathom. That's not a conservative idea. That's not that's not conservatism. John Adams is conservatism. John Adams, the guy who preached, you know, um, uh, calling the president his his Majesty or or uh, you know his Royal Highness. This is the party that they like. You know, they like the the party of Lincoln. How many times do you hear that? Lincoln was a Republican. Um, Lincoln hung 38 plus 2 Lakota warriors because they were Native American and he thought North Dakota belonged to white European settlers. And I do apologize. That was uh, uh, was Dakota, uh, also known as Eastern Sioux. And it was the War of 1862 um, in which 300... And three uh, Dakota Native uh, Indians were were sentenced to death, and then President Lincoln commuted the sentence of 264 of them and hung 38 plus two. So go ahead and look that up. That's a that's the the Republican Party that everybody likes to talk about. The good old Abe Lincoln, you know, um, nice try, you know, and and the Democrats, uh, you know thomas jefferson the founder of the the democratic party as some would like to claim the party of of john kennedy you know uh do we need to talk about the abhorrent acts of the democratic party during the early 1900s the very racist southern democrats that were in favor of jim crow and 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 of the such you know conservatism is a weird thing uh the, the ideal that the, the U.S. Constitution is the greatest document ever written, an infallible document, um, that most people don't realize the Constitution is separate from the Bill of Rights, and they quote the Bill of Rights as having some profound impact on their life. And a lot of people claim that the Bill of Rights is a Bill of Rights for them. It's, it's it truly, truly our form of government is a government that restricts itself and only when they favor it. But these people believed an election to be stolen. And as much as they like to quote their constitution, I really truly wish they would have quoted the Bill of Rights, specifically the 15th Amendment. Because the 15th Amendment Section 1 states that the right of the citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. And Section 2 states the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Ladies and gentlemen, that solidifies the right of everybody to vote that it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, gay, whether you're religious, whether you're uh, not religious, it doesn't matter. If you are a United States citizen, you own the right to vote in the election, and you had every right to cast your ballot in a way that made you feel safe and secure, and if you did it in person or you did it by mail-in, you own that right. Congress... The United States, the states themselves, have no right to suppress you, no right to deny you the ability to vote. And those people seem to have been presented information. They had an accusation that the votes were counted wrong or that they shouldn't count. Um, Former President Trump had stated multiple times that mail-in ballots shouldn't count. They shouldn't count. He was directly going against the 15th Amendment, and these people are claiming their charges that we didn't follow the Constitution that we didn't follow the Bill of Rights and that 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 the election was stolen but it says right there in their Bill of Rights that they're wrong and no evidence was ever put forth to show that any transmission lines were were interfered with that any electronic ballot was miscounted or counted wrong that any mail-in ballot was fraudulent or not counted or counted for the wrong party, none of the investigations bore forth any evidence to suggest that there was any election fraud. And certainly not on a margin that would have changed anything. The hard and strong facts are you need 270 electoral votes to win. Joe Biden, in a record year... Won 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. Of popular count, 81,283,485 people showed up or mailed in their vote for Joe Biden. And still, astonishingly, in a popular record, Donald Trump received 74 million. 223,744 votes. I want to put this in perspective for you just as as well as I can. When they started recording the numbers, the voting age population in 1932 totaled 75,768,000 people. That was how many people that were eligible to vote in 1932. Only 39,817,000 people showed up and which is equal to 52.6% of eligible people. So slightly more the, than half that everybody uh, of everybody that was eligible to vote did. Donald Trump had 74,223,744 people. More people voted for him in 2020 than were even eligible to vote in 1932 when they started keeping this statistic. If you walk this to any modern election, in 2008, there were 229,945,000 people eligible to vote. And of that, only 131,407,000 people, or 57.1% of the population, did vote. And that is, that is not as many people as that voted in this last election we we broke records but at no time never in any race could donald trump have got to 270 of the electoral votes he, he didn't even get close he got to 232 this wasn't an election like back in 2000 when when george bush was up against al gore and it came down to hanging chads in in florida this wasn't anywhere near that so any amount of fraud that you could possibly possibly even get close to, to a marginal thing, it wouldn't you couldn't you really would have to prove the entire election was a, a fraud. That the whole thing was was from the top to bottom corrupt. And if you truly believe that in your heart of hearts, then I challenge you to go out and invent a better way to vote. Figure out a more secure way. Figure out a way independent. Propose it. Take it to your state representatives. Have your state representatives take it to federal Congress. If you have a method or a system of voting more secure than the ones that we currently have, and that you believe that this election was so corrupt that it could take somebody who was many, many points away from reaching 270 electoral votes, please present it. The burden of proof is on you. The burden of proof is on the accuser. And, and if, if you cannot live with that, then you have to come up with a better way because there's no other way this election could have gone. So in my, my, my tireless method of phases and gates, I'm going to close that gate i I've discussed it enough. it's let's talk about what happens next. Let's talk about the aftermath of all this. Let's talk about our feelings of embarrassment of of upset, of contention, of righteous anger. I think that Joe Biden lost an opportunity. I think when he came out and and he gave his speech about what was going on, the events of those days. Well, you know what? I'll just play what he said.
1: Yesterday, in my view, one of the darkest days in the history of our nation. An unprecedented assault on our democracy. An assault, literally, on the Citadel of Liberty and the United States Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law. An assault on the most sacred of American undertakings, ratifying the will of the people and choosing the leadership of their government. All of us here grieve the loss of life, grieve the desecration of the people's house. But what we witnessed yesterday was not dissent, it was not disorder, it was not protest, it was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. They wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. That isn't true. We could see it coming. The past four years, we've had a president who's made his contempt for our democracy, our Constitution, the rule of law clear in everything he has done. He unleashed an all-out assault on our institutions of our democracy from the outset. And yesterday was but the culmination of that unrelenting attack. He's attacked the free press who dared to question his power repeatedly calling the free press the enemy of the people. Language, at the time he first used it, I and others said, has long been used by autocrats and dictators all over the world to hold on to power, the enemy of the people. Language that is being used now by autocrats and dictators across the world, only this time with the imperator of an outgoing president of the United States of America. He's attacked our intelligence services, who dared tell the American people the truth about the effort of a foreign power to elect him four years ago, choosing instead to believe the word of Vladimir Putin over the word of those who sworn their allegiance to this nation, many of whom had risked their lives in the service of this nation.
0: So there you have it. So I don't get accused of putting words in his... And in his voice, or, or misconstruing what was said, he had an opportunity to reach out to these people who are hurting. These people who believe that uh, their, their candidate had the election stolen from them. The people that believe in QAnon wild conspiracy theories. People who are scared and who who have these last 4 years had economic success people who've had their jobs come back people who have seen their towns start up again people who have had lower taxes people who have who have benefited or believe they benefited from this presidency you had an opportunity to reach out to bridge this to say listen i know that the candidate before me has created a tumultuous, antagonistic, divided country. I'm not here to be the president of the liberal left. I'm not here to be a socialist president. I'm not here to be a president for the people that voted for me. I'm here to represent everyone. I'm going to make sure that the comforts that you have the things that you hold dear aren't going to go away that i'm going to expel my energies looking for the best equity for all the citizens of this country that the people that broke into the Capitol and interrupted the vote were were misguided that that they were violent and some people had very bad intentions and that we are going to prosecute them and go after them with the fullest extent of the law but that i'm going to reach out to his base and i'm going to convince you that even though he lost you are going to be okay that we as a nation as 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 a country full of like-minded people are going to continue to try to repair and restore this country and make it the, the beacon of hope that it once was so that people continue to immigrate here to people continue to call this country home and enjoy all the benefits of living in a representative Republic where you have a say on how you are governed and that you have a say on where your money goes when it is paid into taxes. He could have said any number of things like that. Instead, he harped on a guy who lost, which I'm sure only energized them more against him. Instead, he, he, he decreed these people who who I, listen i make no bones about it they were rioters they were dissenters they were insurrectionists they were they were, were they broke into a, the capital but but i guess this is what i'm coming down to i violent violently i defend black lives matters protest i have supported their position i have linked campaign zero on this podcast from from day 1 I believe in that cause and I don't want to see anything happen to anybody. I don't want to see bloodshed. I don't want to see uh, the police decked out like the military and launching uh, a spree of hailfire against anybody and 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 while I don't agree with the positions of these people, I, I have laid forth the gauntlet that if you are going to make an accusation, the burden of proof is on you. And, if, and, and barring that, you need to come up with a better way of doing things. I have used their own document against them. I have made the case that they are, they, that they are not great people. But... The president is the president of everybody. And, and my biggest qualm with everything, the rhetoric that's being thrown around, is that I truly believe politics is its own religion. I have heard the Capitol described as the temple of democracy, the shrine of sanctity, the, the, the synagogue of government. Government is not a... And should not be a religion politics is not and should not be a religion and yet people are treating it like it is people are worshiping the the, the elected officials the president the vice president they, they 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 invest in them like they are these demagogues uh, these these golden calves saviors of their way of life and i'm telling you I, at least from my perspective i think that's dangerous i think it's dangerous misguided and misplaced to put faith in somebody who spent hundreds of millions of dollars to get elected to a job that pays a million dollars that that people who who make far less than that in congress who are all millionaires yeah, uh, listen. I, I I don't think that people are gods. I don't think that any document should be held up as a religion. I don't think that any of this is worth dying for. If you want to protest your right to life, if you want to protest that your life matters because of the color of your skin, and and your accent, and and the disparity. That living in this country has brought you because of a system that has bound and gagged you and told you to, to pull yourself up on your bootstraps. I will march beside you. I will always fight for the right of people to live just and equitable lives. I am, I just do not think that the Capitol building holds any importance. Uh, that's Public that's public land as far as I'm concerned. Everybody has a right to go in there. That that podium is paid for with tax dollars. Somebody just repoed it. The government has failed on multiple occasions to to put forth a balanced budget and to reduce the deficit, so you know, whatever. Uh, I I I think there's a religious undertone when it comes to government, and I d I don't understand it. I don't understand it and I don't agree with it and and the, the the vehement calls for these people to be executed is gross. It's not the American way. It's 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 you know what I don't think it's it's becoming of any anybody, American citizen or not. I just don't think that's the way we should view this. These people are are the the people that did it are misguided and misinformed, and and and. And Donald Trump is a very bad person. He's a very bad man. And truly, um, whatever comes next, whatever happens to him as a result of his actions will be well deserved and earned. And and I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, and I'm not going to put that much energy into wishing or hoping for any specific outcome. I want Joe Biden to succeed. Not that I like him, not that I trust him, not that I think that he's the savior we all need. Um, I don't even think he's going to be president his whole term. I think it's 18 months he has to serve before he can hand it over to Kamala without triggering a special election, and then maybe that's what will happen. And 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 you know what? I, I want her to succeed too. I... I, I don't really care who's at the seat of power because I've said before, I don't think that the federal government matters as much as local government. I think participation on the local elections is far more important. And even at that level, I don't treat it like a religion. I don't live and die on who gets elected. I'm not persuaded by what they say. I didn't go out and storm the Capitol because I thought a bunch of pedophile ring congressmen were going to shut down the coal plants in Schuylkill County or or impose tariffs on American steel on American soil. I, don't, I just don't... I'm not invested to that level. I don't think it's a good idea to bite off on the rhetoric that that any living person is a god or a savior and i think there is certainly a religion around politics that is just disgusting so i'm going to close it off on that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from the icky topic of politics with my next podcast and we're gonna move on. I just felt I wanted to to discuss my opinion about this and throw it out there, you know. This is this is how I find my center in peace. This is the thoughts that go through my head. This is how I think about the world around me. And I challenge you to do so objectively too. Stop stop accepting the excuses that you have. Stop stop looking for for equality in in areas you definitely don't want it you know you don't protest the militarization for police and then and then call for the military of police when when it fits your agenda you know i i i fully think that the people that listen to this podcast uh do so because they're 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 smarter they're they're a thinking breed i think i appreciate my audience excuse me i think that that you all are very sensible and that you find what i have to say agreeable um and that you 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 question these things too and i hope this this podcast help you question the life around you and find your own centers and to think about things Objectively and without excuses, and to to be able to call out a wrong when you see a wrong. Um, I, I I feel very bad for the persons that lost their people that lost their life. I think this was a very stupid thing. It was embarrassing, and I hope that our country can heal, and I hope that Joe Biden succeeds and takes a softer approach in the future and preaches more to being everybody's president and not just the president of the Democrats or the presidents for liberal-minded people, but that he acknowledges that everybody has a right to exist and live in America and that by extending an olive branch, um, he can convince these people that, that that's the case in his direction too. Um, the one thing I'm 100% sure of is that people can grow people can learn and even the most despicable racist people today can become the most open-minded and accepting people tomorrow um and maybe i'm naive for that maybe that's 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 not a, a an actuality that's true but i want to believe it's true because i know i've changed Um, I'm sure you can look to your life in areas that you were a bad person and you've changed. And I think that we have to allow these spaces of grace for ourselves and for other people. So once again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week. I am not doing politics again (laughs) next week. Uh, I don't know what I have planned, but it's going to be fun and wild and free and and it's not going to be about the the start of a rather tumultuous 2021 um and by the way joe biden's uh president now so uh let's see let's see let's hope let's everybody just rally behind rally behind who we picked whether your candidate won or lost these are the people that are going to represent your views and ideals for the next two years four years um so let's wish them success and hope for a brighter tomorrow, and keep this year rolling on. Thank you so much for listening. Go visit uh, www.bardtalkpodcast.com. Meet me on my socials. Give me your opinions. Come talk to me. I love talking to people, so come talk to me. Um, Have a great week. Be safe, healthy, and uh, I look forward to my next topic.